Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us to come together, your children, to come and worship, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask for your help, your healing, empowerment, love, and prosperity, Lord. Things you've already provided by grace. Help us to reach out and claim them by faith in the name of Jesus so that we can go and out of the overflow to help others with the same help we've received in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, if you're tracking with me through the scriptures. Sometimes I use a few. Hebrews chapter 12. My wife never laughs at my jokes. She keeps me humble. (laughs) I think it's sad, really. She just she she doesn't get it. I have to believe that, otherwise the alternative is grim. Not going to believe that. I'm funny. Looks aren't everything, though, so let's move on. (laughs) Chapter 12, therefore, what do we do when we see a therefore in the Bible? Find out what it's there for, right? (laughs) He had just come out of a, I say Paul, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is, but Paul wrote it. And uh, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But he had just come out of the famous chapter of faith 11 he listed all these people of great faith that came before before Christ and and uh, he's saying now we are these people were waiting on something that we have now received in Christ amen, amen. they died waiting on it and they can't receive their perfection even though they're gone and waiting without us without the church amen amen He said, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Remember, Jesus is always the example. Those who compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. That's called the sin of comparison. If you want to compare yourself or before you judge someone else, look at Jesus. If you haven't attained to that level of perfection yet, then zip it up. Amen. In your struggle against sin, you haven't resisted to that point. And you have forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. You may have trials and tribulations in this life. 
that will require some patience on your part. You may have to endure some hardships. But 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for that correction. God uses His Word to correct the children that love Him and live according to His Word. You see? So if you're thinking that means He corrects me with sickness or divorce or poverty or strife or bitterness or any of that nonsense like you may have heard from some other church growing up and kept you away for years, Forget about it. That wasn't God. That was the devil trying to run you away from church. And it might have been a good one to get away from. (laughs) Nothing against any of God's churches. I have nothing against religion. As long as they're doing something good. But religion doesn't save you. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons and daughters. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are an illegitimate child and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us. I didn't. I never knew mine. But now I have a better one. Amen. Amen. I'm not a victim of that. I'm not going to have a pity party about that. And I'm not going to encourage anyone to stay in their past. God is a God of today. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. There is only one day with God. It's called today. Amen. It's the only one we're guaranteed to. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, I need to skip down because... uh, Look at verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. This is talking about, I come on in, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are always welcome here, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. What's holiness? Love. Walking in agreement with the Word. Don't let that Word scare you. You were, when you were born again, how many of you truly have been born again? When you were born again, you were created, recreated, new, righteous, and holy. Okay? God sees you, He sees Jesus. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness, unforgiveness, strife, all those things, they they keep you separated. You can't hear God, and it causes problems. He's warning against that. And and it it really puts the grace of God, the provision of God, everything He provided through the atonement on the cross, it really puts it on hold in your account until you get over yourself. (laughs) Hello. Okay. All right, here's where I was trying to go. Well, let me just keep reading this. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau. For who for for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. The Bible says, Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated. God said he hated Esau. I'm going to 
I'm always going to keep reminding you of the hard things that God says because I preach mostly about the grace and the love and the power and the new identity that you walk in. And I want you to be ever more grateful and thankful of that and to pursue it even more because I want you to see the other side of God for those who mistreat His Son in this life. Amen? You've not come to a mountain that cannot be touched. He's comparing the covenants here. Esau and Jacob are a type of the two covenants. Law and grace. Jacob was the grace. The, the younger, the older shall serve the younger. You see? The legalistic, the Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments written on stone. They were just, they were showing us God's character, but they were supposed to bring us to the end of ourselves and say, man, I... I can't do that without you, God. You're right. But you've come to Mount Zion. This is the church. To the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What did the blood of Abel say? Avenge me. Judge them. What does the blood of Jesus say? Love them. Forgive them. Hello. Come on now. All right. <laughs> if all the hair is standing up on my arms, I'm hoping it's doing something to y'all because we have the same spirit in us. <laughs> See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. He's, he speaks to everyone. He's talking to you all the time. You got to block out the world and some of the fears and worries that you entertain that aren't of God. That's your part. My peace I give unto you, John fourteen twenty seven. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. I'm not going to take it back. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's your part. It's a relationship. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You want to hear? You want to walk in the peace that kept him sleeping in the back of the boat in a hurricane? <laughs> you can. He gave you that peace. Get rid of your fears and worries and trust Him. Cast your cares on the Lord. Amen? Amen. If, see to it that you don't refuse Him who speaks. If they did not escape, when they refused Him who warned them on earth, how much less will we? He had been talking about when the days of Noah and the other things and the people who had suffered His judgment. How much more we, if we turn away from Him who warns us from heaven? At that time, His voice shook the earth. But now He has promised, and here's where we're going today. Once more, at Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. You understand what I'm saying? Now, once more, He says, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom 
that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Amen. So, let's talk about how to be unshakable. (laughs) Because the things he's trying to shake off are not things he's going to keep. You ever have? You ever uh, had your jacket? You set it over on a on the picnic table, and you got up, had some leaves and dust and stuff like that, and you went, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're getting rid of all the stuff you don't want. Might not be the best example, but you get it. <laughs> First, I need to talk about. A couple of other things. A little bit about the ugly. And then I'm going to talk about how beautiful you are. And how to continue in that. Okay? Can we do that for just a minute? So the shaking he's talking about. Is the heavens. The earth. The land. The sea. The nations of the world. And all that can be shaken. And the the object is to filter out those who have received the kingdom of God. Which is unshakable. And to sort of filter us out from the rest of humanity. The world. Okay? I go back and I listen to my messages every week. I can't hardly stand to hear my own voice, whether it's singing or preaching, whether you know that or not. I just, I gave myself completely to God when I was living for the, I mean, to the devil when I was living for him. I'm not going to hold anything back from God now, no matter how much it embarrasses me. I talk more to you on a Sunday than I would prefer to talk in a whole week. But I love you and I love God. Amen. Amen. We talked recently about the foundation, building on the foundation of Christ. That's what I was meant. I go back and I, I meditate on these scriptures, the same ones that I use, because I believe it's from God. And if it bless, if it's from God, that's going to bless me again. So while I'm on my elliptical, I'm listening to my own uh, <laughs> messages, as well as some other fellows that I'm in covenant with. Amen. But that's just simply talking about believing and living by the words of Christ, right? That's number one. But let's talk about the what and the why of, of the shaking. Okay? Turn to Revelation chapter 6, verse 16. To save time, there are four passages of Scripture in the Bible that I'm not going to read them all, but they're all talking about the same thing that you may or may not have ever even seen or thought about. One's Isaiah 2.10, Hosea 10.8, Luke 23.30, and then this one, Revelation 6.16. I thought I would just get right to the, to the heart of the matter. Amen. Jesus, this is in the midst of opening the seven seals, and in the 16th Verse, he says, They called to the mountains and the rocks, 
I'm going to back up. Then the kings, verse 15, the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. What were they hiding from? They called to the mountain and the rocks, fall on us and hide us. Listen, how terrified would you have to be to beg the mountain and rocks to fall on you and kill you? Because there's something way worse coming after you. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? We talk about Jesus and how wonderful and beautiful and loving and caring and what a great shepherd he is. My sheep hear my voice and they will not follow another. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He protects us from the wolf. He's a good God. He even said so. He said, they were accusing him of having a demon. He said, no, the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should repent and come to the knowledge of God. Acts 10.38 said, Jesus, Jesus said, first of all, he had said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we don't have to wonder what the Father's like. Because Acts 10.38 said, Jesus, haven't you heard of Jesus of Nazareth? He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He's a good God. Bad devil. But he's coming back. And he's coming with an army. One angel killed like 180,000 people in one night, and, and, but he was stopped. He wasn't tired. He'll have thousands upon thousands riding with him when he returns mounted on a white horse with his crown, a conquering king, not a suffering savior. Look to Second Timothy. Chapter 3. What? Never heard of a lamb. Like Revelation 6.16. Talking about the lamb being so angry. Speaking of Jesus, the lamb of God. Never in the world have you ever heard of an angry lamb. But you're going to see one. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's find out why. What could make the Lamb of God so mad to come and judge the whole world and to destroy it, basically? Not basically, totally. 2 Timothy. I'm stalling because I'm still talking. I wasn't searching. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 3. My goodness. Sorry, y'all. Be right with you. Tell me, let me know when you get it. 
Second Timothy. All the T's are together back there. First and Second Timothy, Titus, Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians. Five T's in a row. Second uh, Timothy chapter three. Most of you probably familiar with this text, but mark this, starting at the first verse. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. That scripture right there has set a lot of preachers free when they try to minister to the same people for the same problem for years. And those same people don't do anything to change. It's the the, the very definition of of insanity, right? (laughs) Doing the same thing. Expecting different results. But when you come to understand what God is saying here, He loves everybody. He wants everybody to repent. He wants everybody to be helped. And the help is always available. For example, a married couple. That's where you get one of the biggest things. They come. Problems. Okay, no problem. This is an easy fix. Agree with God. Here's what He says about women in the marriage. Here's what he says about men in the marriage. You're both wrong. Sir, you pay attention to the parts it says about the men. Forget what it says to her. Women, you look at the part it says about what the women are to do. Forget what it says for him to do. Come back to me when you agree with God. It's that simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. God... Uh, God has a 100% success rate in marriage. You say, but there's 50-50 just like in the world, in the church. Yeah, I didn't say in the church. I say religion doesn't save anybody. Relationship with God, though, is perfect. The main aspect of all those things I just read, it's, it's all just really stem, it's all just different layers of an onion. The one thing that God hates the very most in this world is what? Pride. That's right. And if God hasn't dealt with you on the issue of pride, then then not to be pejorative, you, you don't have a very good relationship with Him. You're still on milk. Because He wants to get to the meat. And He will help you with that. He's not going to be harsh with you. He has a very loving and tender way to guide you through it. But He will reveal lots of layers of pride in your life. If you want to be more like Jesus, which is the ultimate goal of this life. Amen. Amen. But there's going to be stressful times. Bad times. Bad things. Did you recognize any of those attributes of society when I was reading them? We're a lot closer now than we were when it was written to Him coming back. Would we agree with that? The stressful times, these harsh things, these terrible things are coming due to the decline of man's character. Right? 
We've got people from Elijah Rising coming. I'm so happy, so excited. They're not coming today, but they will come. We're going to partner with them. We're going to sow into that and be a part of everything they're doing to help these these poor women and children who are in human trafficking. In the entire 350-year period, because it was going on before there was a nation in, the, in America, when there was slavery, this atrocity against God, Twelve and a half million slaves were brought here from Africa. Twelve point five million. There are forty million slaves in the world today. Man's character is in a spiral, a downward spiral, in total decline. This corruption is irreversible. You say, but that goes against everything we're preaching and teaching and trying to help. God wants everybody to be saved. They're not all going to receive it. Wouldn't it be nice if He just caused us to see a little light on top of the ones that He that were going to receive Him, and we could just talk to them? <laughs> It doesn't work that way. (laughs) You know why? He wants us to tell everybody because nobody's going to stand before him with an excuse. Amen. Amen. He's trying to reach everybody. He loves everybody. Jesus died for everybody. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Amen. So what do you mean corruption's irreversible? Have you ever undone uh, a rotten tomato? (laughs) once it's rotten you can't make it fresh again can you you know what the church does for people it's like a refrigerator it might prolong that corruption but unless they're truly born again like Jesus said in John 3.3 they're still corrupt they have a that sin nature of Satan inside of them, that seed that came from Adam. So it'll slow it down a little bit. It'll get their outward behavior in, in order to some degree, as long as they want to. They don't want to be judged by their fellow man and their fellow church members, and they're hearing some truth. But it's not going to do anything until they're truly born again. Just slow it down. But the world is corrupt, and it's getting worse. Just. Since 1970, the number of households in the United States with two married persons of the opposite sex um, with children has cut in half from 40% to 20. Now, this was in 2017. It's probably worse now. That was the last figure I checked on. A good example in the Bible, I'm not going to go there. Abraham, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He was, he was a friend of God, I think it's fair to say. And he walked with God, he listened to God. There was a man that went with him on a large part of his journey. It was his nephew, his name was Lot. When their herds 
And their tribesmen got so numerous that they couldn't stay together anymore. It wasn't practical. It was causing problems and fights and so forth. And Lot came to Abraham and told him about it. Abraham, being the the good and godly man he was, said, hey, Lot, let's not fight. You go, you take whichever land you want. If you want to go that way, I'll go that way. If you want that, I'll go the opposite. You tell me what you want and you got it. We know that Lot chose the direction of Sodom, a town that was sin was deeply seated in. The next time we read about Lot, he was living in Sodom. The next time we read about Lot, he was desperately trying to get his relatives and loved ones to leave that place with him. And he was largely unsuccessful. Even his wife looked back and turned to Pillar of Salt. That's a great picture of the corruption I'm talking about. And the breakdown of the family is at the center of the decline of the character of our nation and of this world. You have governments that reward you not to be in a married situation. It's just more lucrative to have children and stay unmarried. <laughs> That's ungodly. I'm just saying. I have nothing against anybody. Believe me. We, my wife and I, we, we are not prepared to judge anyone for anything. Never will. But the truth is what sets you free. Amen? Amen. We did everything wrong before we knew God. It's easy to lead your family into those sinful situations. Just like Lot led them into Sodom. Oh yeah, sure. More fun. Better out here in the, in the desert. Let's go on into town and then partying. Yeah. It's much harder to lead them out. Hello. Remember that. It'll come to you one day <laughs> when you need it. Proverbs chapter 6, if you would. And then I'll, I'll wrap this all up and get to the, something good. But I'm trying to explain to you why the judgment is coming. And how every person could avoid it. God wants them to. But he didn't force you. Did anyone come and force you to to pray and ask the Lord into your heart? No. They just they told you the good news, you believed it, and by faith you received him. And that's how you're supposed to receive the rest of the Christian life by trusting in him because his way is better than ours. Seven things God hates, he listed here in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven, that are detestable to him. Basically, six things he hates, and one he really, really hates. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. What comes to mind? Never mind. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. 
And then that thing he really, really hates, a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. He doesn't like people that cause strife. Some versions say in the family. Others say in the brotherhood. Believe me, when God is talking, he's assuming that you're talking about the new family that he's brought you into. God sets the lonely in families. He's talking about when they come to him, he'll put them in a church. They're part of the church, the body of Christ. He gives way more credence to the relationships you have in this room than the ones that you see on uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Not to abandon one for the other, but Christians in, 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 in large part do not understand how much weight God puts on our relationships with other Christians. He, he, in one, one scripture passage, he says, Do, doing good to all men the best you can, especially to the household of believers, he says. You see what I'm saying? One time, one time Jesus was preaching in a house and there was crowds, they couldn't get in the door. But So his mama and his, his sisters and, and, and brothers were outside. They came to get him. They had heard that he's held there and he's stirring people up and they, they, maybe he's lost it a little bit and they went to get him. Somebody went and told him, your mom and your family outside, they, they come to get you. He said, who is my mother and brothers and sisters? Those who hear the word of God and do it. He also told a parable about how his, just, just, just him, knowing him, is going to cause such divisions. Mother and daughter and father and son and the family. Your enemies will be in your own home, he said. I'm not wanting this. It freaks me out. (laughs) But he said it. And that's how real. I mean, you know, that's how real it is. You know, I I don't want to go to church where he just tells me if I if I write him a hundred dollar check, God's going to do this tomorrow. And, you know, okay. I want to know what Jesus said about everything. If I'm supposed to apply it to my life, I need to understand the gravity of it all. The good and the bad. Warts and all, you know. The big three, back from 2 Timothy that I I, I led, love of self. Do I have a split personality? <laughs> I went love of self. <laughs> love of self. That's basic. My way. My way or the highway. That's why households are so small. 1.7 people. <laughs> people can't live together. I want it my way. I want what I want. I want when I want. I want how it, how I want it. It's attributed to the breakdown of society. My way. Love of self. Love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. God wants us to have things. Matter of fact, if you, if you just live a meagerly existence, you say, oh God, that's plenty. I have everything that I need. I won't ask for any more. You're religious. <laughs> You don't understand God. You don't understand the scriptures. You don't understand his desire to prosper you. Because it says you are blessed to be a blessing. Yes, right. If that's the case. How can you ever ask him to turn it off? 
Pour it on, God, and give me your vision for what you want me to do. It's got to be bigger than you. If your biggest dream is something that you've figured out on pencil and paper, what you can probably make this work if you just don't go buy Sonic between 2 and 4 and buy that Route 44 for a dollar. <laughs> That's not God. It's something way bigger than you could ever do on your own. That's His dreams for you. Amen. Find out what they are. Amen. Love of money, the God of the Western world, the spirit of mammon, mammon. And really, it makes justice impossible. Mm, that's right. Hmm? How, how did that guy get up on the stage on that other debate the other night? <laughs> because he's rich. Although, take away his money. Tell, you can say it's not because of that, or they can say I'm not part of that group. But take away his money and tell me if he would have been up there. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It makes justice impossible temporarily. God doesn't miss anything. Okay? God doesn't miss anything. <laughs> Some of y'all get that later. And the love of pleasure. The love of self, the love of money, and the love of pleasure. I, You know... Feels good, do it. Remember? There was a movement like that, but most people sort of live that way unless they know God. Very few are disciplined beyond that without God. And if they are, they're bitter. It makes them mad that they're the one that had to carry all the load. They, they're the ones that did all this. They're the ones that held it all together. And, did, and, and God doesn't get any credit. And because of that, you're carrying the, the big load. And, and just imagine, imagine a lamb, a sheep, walking across this floor with a big pack of bricks on his back. <laughs> sheep were never meant to carry packs on their back. Cash he cares on the Lord. Amen. Feels good, do it. Well, the good old days weren't so good. You go out there and you do that 15 years or so of, uh, which I did a lot longer. <laughs> but just 10, 15 years of, if it feels good, do it. See what that does to your health, to your finances, and your relationships. That's right. Amen or oh me? Man's always wanted to govern himself. Never wants to be told. The spirit of rebellion comes with that spirit of, of Satan that comes with us. And that's why when kids are not old enough to be accountable, we are supposed to challenge Satan's claim on their life. You, and you can't tell them now. If you, if you run out in that street, you know you're, uh, you're really not, you're not acting in God's character. You're being disobedient to your parents. And then you're going to open doors for the devil and he's going to come into your life and really cause... And a two-year-old is going to look at you and go, Panny? So you say, you go out in that street again, you're going to get a whooping. And it's going to hurt me more than it is you. And then they're going to go out there again and then you're going to spank them. And then you're going to, they're going to get to where they hate to talk after. Yeah. Way worse than they hate the spanking. If you're really doing it right and you love them. And it should hurt you worse than it did. You know, some people, they just do it out of anger and then it's done. No, that's wrong. But 
I, I digress. Never, never done that before. <laughs> Jeremiah 10.23, he had a revelation. He said, I know that man's life is not his own. It is not within man to direct his own steps. He's right. If we do, we'll fail miserably. When man are left to their own devices, you see what you see what you get. Some of the things I'm sure when you turn the TVs on these days, it you're like, where's the candid camera? <laughs> are they serious? This is not. I mean, come on, nobody can really. Yeah, they're serious. It is freaking weird too. But that's what happens when people are left to their own devices, you know. A lot of us have some crazy ideas, but we should find out what God says. Oh, I was wrong. If God said it, that settles it. That's why if someone wants ministry and they really want to receive from God, 2 Timothy 3.16 is crucial and foundational. That this book is written by God, not by men. It's written through men by God. All Scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration of God, and useful for everything. To be unshakable, the first thing we've already covered, having a foundation on the rock instead of on the sand. Jesus represents that rock. It's represented in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, or something like that. Build on the rock. Take the time to build your life on the truth of God's Word. Do you know, other, do you know people who have built their lives on so many lies, and such critical lies and deceptions, that now, to undo it, it would take a very, very strong and brave person. I'm not going to get into details, but you can imagine what I'm talking about. To build a life, a family, unlike what God says is acceptable. And base your entire world on it. And then come to find out the truth. You know what they've done? They didn't like what they heard. And they came to a place that taught the truth. They went and they started a new church. Problem is, they have to tear out large portions of this word. They have to get rid of 2 Timothy 3.16 because they have to say, this is just an old book that's that's not relevant today, written by old white men. You know. And God has evolved. Or they didn't know much. They were ignorant. And now we know more. We've been enlightened. And now they have to do away with hell as well. Otherwise, they'd all be there. And they will be. Second Peter, and I'm, I'm going to be done here. Second Peter 3. Building our life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Peter elaborates here because godly character is what keeps us unshakable. The, the, the Spirit of God in you His character of the Holy Spirit is peace, 
love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Those, that's the character of God. The character of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of you walking in agreement with the Word of God. Drawing, using the, the dipper that God gave you. The measure of faith to, to receive from the Holy Spirit. You have all the peace, love, and joy you'll ever need for this life. And the next. Right now in your born again spirit. If you will learn to draw on it and agree with God. And press on. And press on. When you think, I can't, I can't. I can't do it for any longer. The devil knew that. That's how long he waited. Do yourself a favor. Next time you say, I, I, can't, I can't believe, I can't stand in faith any longer. Go ten more minutes. Go ten more minutes. Then go an hour more. The enemy, you know, when people have these spiritual worship services... Even horoscopes are demonic and all that, but I don't want to run everybody off in one day. But the, the truth is, the truth is, when they're calling these people from the dead, they're they really calling a devil. They're calling it a demon. They're, you have a you have familiar spirits that have been assigned to you, and they know you better than you know yourself. They can act like you. They can talk like you. They can mimic you and mock you and. They can whisper in your ear. And if anyone ever has had success with hearing or channeling from somebody from the dead, that wasn't that dead person that they loved. That was their familiar spirit who might play along, might have fun with this game for a while, but eventually he's going to bind you up into something you don't want. Don't go there is the point. That's not your friend. That's not your loved one. And I know people miss people and they would love to speak to them. If you love them, why in the world would you invite them back into this corruption when they are with God? Why would you even want them to know about the trash that's going on down here when they're free from this life? Just remember that. Second Peter chapter 3. That's First Peter. And go down to... Since every... 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? So you know the destruction we're talking about. The judgment. So that's going to happen. And because of that, what should you be doing as Christians? This was Peter's last letter before he was crucified upside down alongside his wife. Okay? He had some things to say. So what should you be doing? You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Live according to the word of God. Live according to the teachings, the words of Jesus Christ. That's how you build your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Grow in love 
and joy and peace and all the good things that God has for you. Add to, work them out like muscles. They're spiritual muscles. I'm practicing. And people say, I don't have patience. Yeah? If, then you don't have Jesus. What you're saying is in your soulish realm, in your screwed up mind, and your free will and emotions, you don't practice patience. But it is in your spirit if you have Jesus. Now draw upon it and say, I'm just going to do it. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. I'm going to go ten minutes longer than I did before. You're working it out. You're strengthening that muscle. Before you know it, you'll be just like an Indian sitting in the forest who enjoys, finds it a pleasure to be in the quiet, in the midst. And if you'll spend time with Jesus like that, every day, you'll get to where you crave it so much and you'll have so much fun because He'll make it fun. If you're really after relationship and not just, ah, time to do my 20 minutes in my prayer closet. He don't enjoy that. He enjoys it when you enjoy Him. Amen. Amen. In the heart of the matter, last point, Jesus said, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, they call it. In Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Tavana loves talking about the heart of the matter. That's one of the most powerful messages that's ever, ever experienced her. So when I say that, she always lights up. It's all about the heart of the matter. Because if you, everything will come full circle in the Bible if you look at it. And it all will be about the heart of the matter. But it's about our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all your strength for everything in your whole life comes from your heart. Your heart is the garden of your soul. And whatever you're putting into these eye and ear gates, it didn't take me long to talk to somebody to find out what they've been planting in their garden. Because it's going to bear fruit. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You need to draw upon the Spirit of God in you in agreement with the Word of God in you. That's what you need to be fed. Going to church is awesome, especially this one. You're going to be be fed. You're going to receive the Word of God. But man, I encourage you to meditate on these Scriptures. You say, Lord, uh, now, I, 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 it was great being at church, man. This is the best little group. Of, I think it's awesome. We found something special here. These are really loving people. They really love you. And I think it's going to be, I don't know what's going on, but it's good. But you know what? I'm, I'm glad to be away from them because I can be with you now. Now, tell me. what. Talk to me about these things. That is crazy. You're, you're going to be pissed off when you come back. But not at me, Right? <laughs> right? I'm not going to be begging the rocks to fall on me, right? Okay, just checking. But I don't want that to happen. Lord, I don't, I don't want that to happen to some other folks I know. There's some other people I really love. And, I, and he says, well, I sat down. I was finished. I gave my authority in the earth to you. And others like you. Well, I can't. I can't reach this person. I've tried. Pray the Father to send workers into the harvest field. The, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Yeah. Help others. Go help others to understand with the same help you've received. Help them to be healed everywhere they hurt. 
empowered by my grace to know my love for them. And to know that I want them to prosper in every way. Yes, financially too. And they have to know, learn what everything is in seed form, even their money. Give me the first fruits, I'll bless them. You have to teach others this. And you know what? How many of you have children or close relatives that you're praying for salvation for? Yeah. Most people are. Keep praying. God heard your prayers. He's sending people across their path every time you pray. Planting seeds. Now, Lord, they won't receive from me. You know, some of them, it's like they knew me too well before. You know, now they just think I'm a hypocrite. Okay, have him, ask him to send somebody else. Half the time, when you, when, you, when you drop a line on somebody about what God has done in your life, or what He wants to do for them, or how much He loves, you're not going to hear anything from them. They're not going to fall on their knees and fall out under the Spirit of God right then and get saved. And they're not going to tell you, Oh my God, I've been waiting for you to come and tell me. No, but it went in. And when you see them in heaven, they're going to say, Man, I never forgot what you told me. And then, you know, two days later, somebody came and said the same exact thing to me. And it freaked me out. And I started asking God, Is that you? Are you real? And that's how I got saved. You're going to see all kind of things like that. But you've got to open your mouth. You've got to trust God. You've got to let Him use you. You've got to make yourself vulnerable. Be willing to be embarrassed and persecuted. It said, all who desire to live godly lives in Christ will suffer persecution. What, what do you mean? What's that look like? Well, let me put it like this. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. But if you're ashamed of me and my words in this life, I'll be ashamed of you in front of the angels in heaven and my Father. It's that serious because he don't want the he don't want people begging for the rocks to fall on their head to avoid the judgment that he's bringing forth. But he's just as dedicated a judge as he is a savior, and he's going to do his job. Hello. The world's going to be judged. Try to. Stop it for as many people as you can. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for teaching us and growing us and making us useful for the kingdom of God. Thank you that we are part of that kingdom, that we will rule and reign with you. When this world is destroyed, we will be here in the new Jerusalem with you, reigning for a thousand years, judging angels and men. We thank you, Lord, that you will be with us forever and that you have many great things for us that we can't even imagine right now we look forward to your coming and and as peter said lord we we will helping we're, we're going to help with the speeder speedily to to speedily make that happen how do we do that by praying according to your will our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name there's our approach to you father Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking for that, Lord. We believe that that prayer is speeding your return. For your will to be done here just as it is in heaven. We thank you for loving us and growing us and teaching us and correcting us and hugging us and blessing us and, and opening doors of opportunity for us to be useful to you in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.